Hey fellas, this is Rob Carbone. You're listening to BD4, where there's no better way to get your Yankees analysis than by tuning into this podcast right here, right now. All right, what's up? What's going on, guys? Rob Carbone, BD4, episode 26, in an outstanding mood tonight, man. <laughs> it's about midnight, Um, midnight on Monday, Monday night, almost midnight. Uh, wow, <laughs> the Yankees just, I was going to say sweep, no, they didn't sweep, but the Yankees just took three out of four at Fenway Park against the Boston Bums, and... That final game of the set, man, it couldn't have felt any better. Wow. I mean, it feels good. Now, listen. Listen, before we even get into all of it, I understand, right? I understand. I do get that this means zero. It means absolutely nothing. Zilch. Zero without a ring in the end. It means nothing without a championship. But it does feel good to eliminate the Boston Red Sox from American League East contention. That's what the Yankees did tonight. And to be honest, they're, the Red Sox are also on the on the brink of being eliminated from playoff contention as well. They're right there. So it, it just, it was an amazing all-around night. And, oh man, I, I can't tell you how much it felt, how, how great it felt. But yeah, no, it definitely, I know, I understand. It doesn't mean a single thing. It's meaningless without a ring in the end. We got to finish that part off. We got a long ways to go. Long ways yet to go, but as for the night goes, I'm taking these, you know, next couple hours, <laughs> and I'm gonna take it and celebrate with it. You know, I'm gonna be happy about it because there's nothing, there's no team in sports, um, outside of the Boston Celtics. Well, they're right up there, right up there. But no, I'm a baseball fan first, so there's no team in sports that I hate more than the Boston friggin' Red Sox, and it was just an outstanding night, man, just putting them putting them away, and they can no longer sniff the American League East Division title, as they're 18 and a half games back from the 95 and 50 New York friggin' Yankees. That was an epic series, man, and especially, I mean, to finish it off like we did, you know, um, uh, uh, especially after coming in during game one, Domingo Herman does not have it. The Yankee offense does not have it. You know, Herman goes four and a third, gives up five runs. One of his, one of his, you know, road implosions. Um, the offense outside of us, a meaningless Brett Gardner solo home run in, I think the fifth inning, uh, couldn't do anything else. They lost six to one that game. It was a pathetic game. I was getting angry. I was getting irrational. I was doing that thing where I started to worry, but what did they do? The Yankees bounced back, winning game two, three, and four. In game two, they came out of the gate strong, um, and the pitching started to turn around. Jay Happ won six and a third, let up just two hits, no runs against that lineup. And the Yankee offense showed signs of life. This was the first game um, where I really saw the offense kind of start to break that slump. Um I know in the fourth inning, DJ had a single, 
And then uh, after a judge strikeout, Gregorius doubled. Then Guardi hit an RBI double. And then for the third hit in a row, Edwin Encarnacion hit a homer to make it 4 nothing. You know, it was that stringing together of hits. And they ended up winning the game 5-1 to one because in the ninth, Encarnacion had an RBI double to make it 5-1. So, you know, that was a good game. Game three was a great game. Masio Tanaka didn't pitch well. It was kind of an up-and-down series for the starting pitching staff, but all in all, it was well. But Masio Tanaka just gave up gave up just four runs, but only went four innings. Kind of mediocre. Um, that was the Sunday night baseball game <laughs> with goddamn Mendoza, Vasquezian, and A-Rod. Oh, my God. I mean, as soon as they said Masahiro Tanaka is as consistent as he's ever been, I muted the shit out of that. <laughs> that was ridiculous. But Tanaka didn't have it, but the Yankee Bats strung together 10 runs, and that was the game where they exploded. And I donned that game as the official breaker of the slump because they exploded in that game, 5 of 12 in scoring position. They had 13 hits, 2 doubles, 3 were homers, 8 were singles. So they pieced it together like they usually do when they're hot. You know, Torres homered. Torres had his 35th of the season. Judge had his 21st homer of the year. Mike Talkman, who did get hurt, and we're going to talk about that later. He's done for the year. He homered. Um, it was a great offensive game, though. They won 10-5. to And then we come out here in Game 4, another very strong offensive performance, right? Um, they hit with runners in scoring position. They did just fine. Uh, they had some strikeouts that game. They did strike out 12 times, but... Offensively, they scored five runs, and again, they pieced together hits. You know, I know Roman had a great game, two for two, a homer, um, a double, and two walks. But the Yankees pieced together some hits. I know in that in that sixth inning, Gio hit a home run, right? Then later on, it was three consecutive hits by Roman doubles. LeMahieu hits a single. Judge hits a double. Torres hits the sack fly. So they pieced it together once again, and you know, Torres sack fly made it four nothing in the in the sixth. But later in the ninth, the Yankees stacked on and make their fifth run and come across with the bases loaded. They walked twice. Uh, it was Roman and, and uh, Judge who walked twice to begin the frame. Torres hits a single. He's on fire. And then Voigt hits the RBI double later. So it was a great you know, way to end the series after it started. You're seeing signs of the offense come back. And you're seeing James Paxton. <clears throat> excuse me. James Paxton start turning it around. He pitched six and two-thirds innings of a four-hit gem where he let up just three singles. Um, Did walk three, but he struck out seven. And again, he limited base runners. And he didn't let anyone on the bases uh, for six and two-thirds. So only let up seven base runners and let none of them score. That's an excellent job. And Paxton is now 8-0 with a 2.57 dating back to the beginning of August. And like I said... We're going to need him, um, but before hold on. Before we get to the pitching staff, let's just go over this offense. I, do, I wrote a couple notes down on them, how they've kind of came back to life this series. So those last three games of the series, you know, this three-game win streak they're on, they're starting to hit with runners in scoring position again because they're also hitting for average. You know, when you start putting the bat to the ball, and hitting for average, you're going to come through in those scoring position spots. And so in these three games, these 27 innings where the Yankees saw Boston pitching, they only struck out 25 times, so it's less than less than a K per inning. They they hit 296 during these three games. And because of that, they saw 11 hits and 31 at-bats with runners in scoring position. 
equaling a 355 average. You know, so they were doing that thing again where they strung it all together. They weren't just like when they were slumping coming into the series for about two and a half weeks, it was we were seeing a lot of home run, walk, strikeout. Home run, walk, strikeout. But that's not what we got here. You know, here we saw with them get back to the uh, single, double, homer, walk. Single, double, homer, walk. So it was more of a, you know, they, they hit, they had the all-around hitting working, you know. Because when you just rely on the homers and walks, you're not going to come through as frequently. You add in the single, double, there's two more frequent hits. You know, two more hits, you're going to start hitting more consistently. And that's what they did. They had a lot of doubles. They had a lot of singles. They had a, they had the home runs still, and they still drew, drew their walks. And their plate discipline's impeccable when they're on, man. And so that's what they did. But, no, yeah, the pitching staff, to get what we got, man, from, from Hap and Paxton, it's big. You know, and the questions start, the questions are starting to come, you know. Um, so after game one, um, we heard that the Yankees are going to try putting Domingo Herman out of the bullpen next time out. Um, Wednesday, I think, is Sabathia's first start off the DL, and they're going to have Herman follow him up out of relief, in relief. And they're kind of talking about maybe doing that in the playoffs, too, with Herman. I really, I, I got to say, I don't love that, you know, especially after what we were hearing previously, um, previous to this week. You know, prior to this week, we were hearing Herman's not really going to have an innings limit and they're going to let him go all out, Cashman said, in the postseason. But now it seems like we're kind of going to be conservative on him again. And I'm not sure I like that. No, I, I don't like that, really. I mean, this guy was, he's really had a great season starting pitching wise. He's done a really good job starting for the Yankees. Um, now, if you don't want to pitch him at home, you want to, I'm sorry, if you don't want to pitch him on the road and you want to toss him at home where he pitches better, then do that. But I don't know if I want to throw him out of the bullpen. Bullpen's good enough as it is. I mean, this guy's this guy's the starting pitcher, and I don't like that shit, man. I, I think he should be starting for the Yankees. Um, now, I'm not saying he should be the game one starter, but I definitely think he should be starting. I, I don't like that bullpen thing. But it, I do understand it because... If you do get Severino back, you have him, you have Paxton who's turning it around. And Paxton, like, he, he might be, if the playoffs, I don't like playing this game, but I'm going to do it for the hell of the podcast. If the playoffs started tomorrow, um, I mean, I think a lot of people would have a hard time going against James Paxton to be your game one guy in the DS. Right? I mean, like I said, 8-0 with a 257 in his last Eight decisions. Um, and he's doing it against some impressive lineups. He's faced Boston three times during this span, I believe, and some other impressive teams. So it's it's something to you know to keep an eye on. If he now of course he's gotta finish out the season strong. You know, his last his next or his final three starts could be clunkers and we could be talking a whole different story, but if the season ends tomorrow, he's your game one guy. He's mine. Um, Tanaka, he had something going before last, last time out before on, before Sunday. Um, I don't know. I, I put him game two though, because there is that part of me that says maybe he, you know, he kind of does turn it on in October. Um, granted it's only five starts, so it wouldn't be crazy to see him implode, but at the same time, it also wouldn't be crazy to see him 
have a good postseason. So I, I think I go with him as my number two, though. And even Jay Happ is kind of making himself a case, a late push to make the postseason roster. <laughs> um, Now, he's done nothing crazy of late, but he has pitched better. Uh, last his, his last three starts, he's allowed no more than three runs. His last two have been very strong. Um, as of right now, I'm not sure I put him on that roster yet. I don't want him pitching a playoff game. So I think I would still go Paxton, Tanaka, and uh, either Herman or Seve, depending on... See, the Seve thing is weird to me because they're... they're I think they're going to put him on a pitch limit. And that's kind of bothering me too because... I don't know. If we're going to get Luis Severino, I want Luis Severino. You know what I mean? I don't want a half-assed pitch count, you know, limited Severino. I want a full, you know, dominant ace Severino out there. And maybe I'm not asking him to go seven in the playoffs, but can you can you give us a Sevy that can actually start and doesn't have a limit? You know what I mean? Go go six innings, five even, pitch into the sixth. I don't want a half-assed guy in a pitch count. If they're going to limit him to like 70 pitches. That's not going to get us six innings or five. I don't know. But it's definitely up in air to see who's going to start that third game when we get there. But yeah, that's that's that. Um, but the whole thing with the postseason roster, like I said, I don't I don't really like doing this until the end of the year. You know, it's it's kind of pointless to do it now because so many question marks you know, Stanton, uh, Batanza, Sevi. We don't know what's going to happen with these guys, but you know, I am I am a big believer in going with who you, who got you there. I do want to say that I'm, I'm a big believer in that. You know, go with who got you to the playoffs. So when it comes to Stanton, um, I'm not sure I want him on that roster. Now, don't kill me, don't attack me, because I know Giancarlo Stanton has a lot of a lot of uh, apologists out there. And, but I'm just saying, the guys who got you here won 95 games, and we're in September 10th. I mean, by the time we get to the playoffs, we could possibly be talking about a 105-win team. You know, guys who got you there are like Gio Urshela. Guys like uh, Clint Frazier chipped in earlier in the year. Cameron Maben had a great run. Uh, these guys, these outfielders, I don't know, I don't know how we're going to get it to work. I mean, Talkman's done. He's hurt for the year, and unfortunately, that sucks to see him go down. Hicks is obviously done; great contract. Um, but I think you have to you have you'd have to assume Brett Gardner is having a strong season, so he's going to man center field. Judge is obviously going to be in right field, so left field. You're thinking between you got Frazier, you got Maben, you got Stanton. They're going to go Stanton. They're going to go Stanton, but if we're talking about what I would strictly do, yeah, I'm not sure. I want to see how he does. If he comes back, this thing is with Stanton, if he's going to come back, he's got to come back already because he's running out of time. Like I said, it's September 10th, all right, and he's a streaky hitter who's going to have to have his time to get hot. I don't want him coming back cold turkey, you know, coming back cold right off the bench and just killing the lineup in October, becoming stagnant by striking out on bad pitches. That's the thing I don't want. You can't just picture, you can't just think Stanton's got to come back and be amazing in October and just start hitting homers again. That's not really how it's going to work. He's going to need time. And so if he's going to come back, man, he's got a time limit right now. I want to see something first. I'll make my final decision on Stanton when the regular season is over. You know, if he comes back in, during sometime within the week 
and finishes out the season with a strong, you know, three weeks or something, then maybe I'll decide and, you know, maybe I'll say, okay, you know what, put him on that roster. But if he comes back and he looks cold and he doesn't come back early enough, it's late in the year, he comes back with a week left in the season and he's striking out, he's going over. I don't know if I want him on that roster. I would go with the guys that got you there. Speaking of, the disrespect to somebody like Clint Frazier, who still isn't playing after the Talkman injury, is outstanding. It's, it's, it's really impressive at this point how disrespectful the Yankees are to Clint Frazier. I mean, they've done this all year, too. I mean, ever since he spoke up to the media, boo-hoo, you know, he hurt your feelings. I don't give a shit about that anymore. Ever since he did that, they've treated him like shit. They've sent him down to the minors. They've called up guys like Valera before him. They're they're thinking about putting Valera and Wade out in the outfield. They were talking about that tonight before they do Frazier. That's ridiculous. And they have a hurt veteran journeyman in Cameron Mabin who's playing with a hurt wrist out there tonight. Uh, now, I love Maven. Don't get me wrong. You know, I've said over and over, he's a key asset to a championship team. I think he's a very good player to have, but off the bench. I'm not sure I want him starting over Clint Frazier, man. Clint's an everyday 24-year-old prospect who's really, he, he's, he's on his way to 30 homers and 100 ribbies before before he got disrupted. I just think it's disrespectful. He's got, he, they call him up and he's got, what, he has, what does he have, four, five, six at-bats since getting the call? In September, he should be out there every day. He's an everyday player at this point. I mean, it's kind of disgusting when you think back. When you think back about it, he was supposed to get traded. Remember, we got Encarnacion. Everybody thought, okay, this is definitely Frazier's time to get traded because you know why would they stick a guy like him, who's ready to be playing every day and producing for a major league club? Why would they stick him in the minors, or why would they stick him on a major league bench? Well, they've done both, so that does piss me off, you know. But I hope they do give him some playing time now. Um, we'll see, you know, maybe if, if Maben picks up a couple more offers and, you know, continues to regress, which he might be doing of late, um, maybe they give Clint that final spot. But like I said, I don't love that I'm hearing Wade and Valera over his name. That's ridiculous. <laughs> but there are also other players to think about, um, when it comes to making the postseason roster. Um, I have got, who else do I have written down? Talkman talked about him, Stanton, Clint, Wade, maybe, uh, maybe in Voight, Luke Voight. Um, he needed a night like tonight where he had two hits, um, an RBI double or no, a double and an RBI single. He needed that because he's really been, um, what's the word? He's been scuffling since he got back and really he's, he's had no rhythm. It's been like check swing, check swings and strikeouts and bloop singles when he does get on. But he's 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 kind of uh he's kind of in question now too. I mean, with Encarnacion hitting ridiculously well, he's been on fire. Not just since he got back from the DL, but even before the DL stint, he was on fire. If you remember. But you got Encarnacion getting hot, right? Think about that. You have Stanton, and then you're gonna have a DH in there somewhere, right? Between let's see, you have third base. I don't know what I do, man. I don't. I probably go. I think you'd have to go with G. Geo has to be on that roster, and he has to be the starting third baseman. So I'd have Geo at third. Uh, Torres at second. No, no. Geo at third. Torres at second. DJ at first, and Gregorius at short. I mean, it's it's kind of hard to. And where you're gonna put Voight? You gonna DH him? I don't know. Holy shit. 
Yeah, they got some. They have some decision making to do. I'm glad I'm not making those decisions, but it's just something to think about. I'm going to have an article on that soon. I didn't realize how tough of his decision that was. You know, everybody's been talking about it, and I've been going along. Oh yeah, yeah. You know, have a lot of talent. It's going to be tough to do. But I really, uh, until now, <laughs> just starting to starting to think about it. Holy shit, it's going to be tough. You're going to have to cut some real talent. But I'm definitely going to have an article on this where I'm going to make my own postseason roster sometime within the next couple weeks. Like I said, I want to wait more towards the uh, the end of the regular season to do this because otherwise it's kind of pointless. Wait till people start getting back and all that. Then I'll have an article out for you guys on um, It's My Opinion. But, oh shit, it's not going to be easy. But I will say this, it's good to have this offense clicking on all cylinders again. Kleber Torres is on fire right now. He's, he has multi, multiple hits in his last three games. So these last three games at Fenway, he's had at least two hits. Um, he's got his average up to 288. The OPS is a smidge under 900. 35 homers, 24 doubles, 84 ribeye stakes. He's on fire. And this is a middle infielder who's 22 years old. Um, he, You guys know this. He's been my favorite player in the entire organization ever since... They got him from Chicago's system. I've been a big Clint fan and a big Glaber Torres fan. Those are the two guys I've kept my eye on. And Glaber Torres, I've been saying it since they won, is legit. He's a future Hall of Famer, and he is the true face of this team. No disrespect to you know who to Aaron Judge, but Glaber Torres, at 22 years old, I mean this kid has the perennial. He has the potential to become a perennial All Star, a perennial MVP candidate, and he might even win you know two or three in his career. I mean, he's going to be a 300 hitter. He's got 30 homer pop. He's on his way to 40. Um, 100 RBI potential with this lineup around him. And with his contact skills, you know, he, he's going to be a great all-around hitter. He's clutch. He does it all offensively. And defensively, you know, he's young. He's inconsistent out there. Does fall asleep a lot at times. But he's 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 good. You see the tools. You know, you see the, the skill set out there. Um, but he'll he'll only get better, man. And I can't wait to see him develop but in his his postseason I feel like he's gonna he's gonna have a big a big postseason this year knock on wood I don't want to jinx anything but he I think he's gonna have a big a big October and same with Aaron Judge you know Judge is gonna come through in October he always does he's having a great start to his career in October man I think people need to remember that you know as much as he struggles in the regular season as much as he has this year he has gotten hot over the last month plus, and he always comes through, or he has so far came through in the cold month. So, excited for those two to see that they're at bats in October. Um, it will be nice to get DJ LeMahieu going again. He's kind of been scuffling a little bit of late. Nothing extraordinary because it never is extraordinary when he slumps. But he's you know he's kind of leaving runners on. Uh, it's not typical from him for him. He's hitting the ball on the ground. He's not really hitting the liners he's used to. But it'll come around. He's kind of swinging late on fastballs and stuff. He's not really. He's time. He's kind of off. He's off. He's off right now. But hopefully he finds some rhythm. Should help that we're gonna face Detroit for a couple of games. Um, this upcoming series that should help. But it would be nice to get him back. Um, I also want to give a shout out to Austin Romine, man. His big night tonight. Oh, uh, I it, it made me uh write a post about him. He's having a really good backup season for a backup catcher. 
He's hitting two nine uh two seventy five now and his OPS is for backup catcher seven forty. Isn't bad. That's not bad. This guy's you know, remember he's a veteran backup who gets sporadic playing time and every time he comes in it feels like he either has two hits or he's getting a big hit with a runner on you know, a runner on second or third. That's what he does. And he plays fine defense. You know, he's fine over there. His arm's not the greatest, but he does a nice job blocking the ball, calls a decent game, and he's he's decent. He's a great um a great backup catcher to have, really. You wouldn't there aren't much backup catchers in this league that you can look at and look and say, oh, look at this, he's hitting two seventy five, seven forty. And that's what that's what he's doing. So good to see him produce and he's always doing something and yeah, man, it's 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 good to have this offense back and it's good to see this pitching pitching staff continue this run that they've been on for you know ever since the beginning of the LA series. So to finish out the regular season like this, that's going to give me much more confidence towards this team in the playoffs. You know, I, I, at the deadline, I had no shot of being confident. I was not confident at the deadline. I didn't think this team had any chance of winning in October. Now, I'm not 100% there yet. I still think they're, you know, I'm not sure if they're legit, but my chances, my my optimism has definitely improved. And I think if if the Yankee pitching staff can continue to show me improvement like they've been, if they can continue to be, you know, solid from here on out and solidify things my 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 optimism will be you know at a season high <laughs> because we all know this offense is legit they're finally putting the bat to the ball this year you know they've they've not done that over the recent years since their last chip so their their offense is going to be there they've been spectacular but it's that starting pitching staff and right now it's it's going through a pretty good a pretty good stretch we just have to hope it's not one, another one of those peak and valley stretches so because that's, that's, that's the story of that rotation. You know, they'll have their ups, they'll have their downs, and you know, people will fall for it too much. But if it's legit, and if this is probably their longest stretch of greatness this season, you know, so this is why I'm kind of getting optimistic about it. But we have to see. We got some, got some, we got a couple of weeks to finish out the year, and there really aren't many great teams left to play other than the Rays a couple more times and a bunch of sub 500 clubs so that's about that guys (laughs) great to great to man it was just great to beat the living shit out of boston this week and uh officially put them to bed now if you look up on espn or on mlb.com they have a 0.1 percent chance of making the playoffs at all so sometime within the next week or so they're going to be eliminated and i'm going to be jumping man that's some big time shit so Good to see us winning. Good to see them on the ground losing. And they fired Dombrowski. They fired Dombrowski last night after we beat them. <laughs> Something tells me that wasn't supposed to be leaked, but someone found out and all of Fenway was going crazy. <clears throat> but he's fired. He won them a championship last year and they fired him. I do love the high standards, though. I love that shit. And I kind of wish the Yankees, the Yankee FO had those standards. But yeah, that's interesting. They fired their... GM not even a year after he won them a World Series but hey Buck Faustin right Yank's gonna keep on winning they're gonna keep on taking L's and we're gonna be happy because that's how it is lately in the Bronx I'll see you guys tomorrow night in the blog Um, thank you so much for following along with me like I say I appreciate every one of you guys I don't do this for followings or anything like that I just do it for fun getting anybody to listen at all or getting anybody to read my blog at all is just a bonus So I appreciate this, guys, and I'll see you tomorrow 
on a blog. All right. Ciao.